Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2015 film War Room underscores the importance of prayer in our lives. Joining us today to talk about many of the the film the let's start over again. <laughs> uh, many of the topics covered in the film is licensed professional counselor Carrie Bach. Uh, host of Hope for Anxiety and OCD podcast. Um, Carrie, thank you for uh, being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Um, I do want to mention a couple of resources uh, up front. I know that there are a couple of crisis text lines. Um, in the U.S., you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. And depending upon where you are in the world, um, check your local listings, as they say. Um, Carrie, thank you for uh, being here today. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, um, those who've listened to this podcast may notice a slight difference with today's episode. Hopefully, I don't, it doesn't seem like a major difference to me, but for those listening, it might. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, and, and Carrie, I had mentioned this prior to us going on mic, is there is almost, it feels like to me, almost like a, a blind spot in a lot of mental health conversation, whereby faith and someone's beliefs and faith journey is in a, in a way trivialized or not really acknowledged or, or talked about. And I think that, it, it, which makes no sense to me because I think in, if you're gonna have an honest and authentic conversation about mental health and depression and bipolar anxiety, you need to have those variables of what's, you know what I mean? It just seems, like right. and I, I see that missing in a lot of conversations around mental health. Yeah, I think a lot of times we divorce spirituality or religion from the mental health or the counseling room. And that really doesn't need to happen because we need to be looked at and healed as whole individuals. And that's our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our physical health. All of those things are interacting with us. It's important that if faith is important to a client, that we acknowledge that and value where they're coming from. Definitely, because one of the one of the recurring things that you're over and over again is well you won't get the, the the counselor you 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 jive with on the first appointment you know you check with other other counselors other therapists see which ones resonate with you and it always boggles my mind as to why something as personal and as fundamental as faith is often overlooked in in those conversations Yes, and I think some therapists are afraid to say what they believe because they don't want clients to have wrong impressions of them or like in my practice, I am a Christian, but I also see some people who aren't Christians and some people who are and I value my non Christian clients, just like I value my Christian clients. So a lot of times people may ask me questions up front, like, 
you know, it, I'm not a Christian. I don't want to talk about God. Is that okay with you? And I say, absolutely. You know, this is your counseling process. And I want to be counseling you from what your values are and what's important to you. So tell me about what your values are. Correct. Now, on that point, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because undoubtedly there may be some people listening today who hear the word Christian and something out of the ordinary, which, which again, does not seem out of the ordinary for me and, and likely not for you as, as well. But for those who might be feeling a little uncomfortable or outside of your comfort zone, just hang tight. Just hang tight, and I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the conversation that will um, tr transpire in this. So, um, I, I think so, don't you? Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, that said, um, War Room, and I want to clarify, this is not the movie The War Room, which is a no. documentary a few years prior about uh, President Clinton's uh, campaign and James Carville, uh, which, to be honest, probably would not rate a mention on the podcast because there's nothing related to mental health in that film. I mean, it's a good film, <laughs> but it's not a film that I would probably mention on, on the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, War Room, the movie we're talking about today, would be a film with uh, obvious uh, mental health uh, relevance to what we're talking about, specifically with, with, with prayer. Um, now, one thing that I, I again, I, I, I'm the type of podcast host who I like to emphasize and, and, and foresee objections to sure, what, sure. and one, one such objection that I, I can hear people objecting to right now is, oh, so you're saying you, you can pray the anxiety away or you can pray the depression away. And that's not what, that's not what we're talking about. No. no <laughs> so I just, want, I, just want to, I just want to clarify <laughs> that up front. I mean, it would be nice if, you know, it were that simple. And I know that all things are possible with, with, with God. I mean, that, that this is true. Uh, but there's something that you simply cannot <laughs> pray away and they're going to, you know, it would be nice if that were, were, were to be the case. But, but that's not what you're talking about. No, and I also want to mention that some people may have heard that message in the church. Some people may have heard, you know, you don't have enough faith or you're not praying enough. You're not reading the Bible enough. And if that was a message that you received and it's wounded you, I just want to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. And that is not what we want to promote in Christian mental health circles. That was probably told by um, someone that doesn't have an accurate understanding of mental health and how it interacts with us. And honestly, I don't think that that's a biblical view either. God has given us doctors and medical professionals for medical issues. And so it makes sense that we have professionals for mental health issues as well, because that's another domain in our life. Well, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and, and you had alluded to this prior to um, me hitting record, is there has been a noticeable, well, at least noticeable to me, it may have been longer than the last couple of years, but noticeable to me of particularly Christian-based programs. For example, one I can think of offhand is Celebrate Recovery, yes. which is the mm -hmm. uh, non-12-step. Non uh, it is in, a, in the tradition of 12-step, but it's not a 12-step. And that's one example yes. uh, of, of many examples. And 
Um, so I guess what, what my question would be is, why do you think that it has been, that there's been such a pronounced increase of Christian-based programs such as Celebrate Recovery in the last three, five, you know, where they didn't used to be, but there tends to be more of it now? You know, historically, I think Christians have been taught, unfortunately, to fear secular mental health treatment. So there's this idea somewhat in the church that's that's very old and we're shifting and we're changing and pastors are now talking about how counseling is a healthy process to engage in. So some of that language is changing for some people. But for a long time, there was this idea of, oh, gosh, be careful who you go to see, because they might tell you something that's not Christian, and you don't want to be led astray by this secular uh, therapist, and you don't want them to be messing with your mind. And really, that's not what therapists do. As I said before, even if you see someone who's not a Christian, their whole goal is to learn and understand you and your values and what makes you tick and help you navigate life with your own belief system. And if they're doing something in opposition to your belief system, that's actually not ethical and you probably need to report them. Yeah, that, that would be a basis for a complaint then, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. if, if someone is crossing the bounds to, to, to that extent? Right. If you're saying I'm a Christian and prayer is important to me and I want to use that in my counseling process and someone you're seeing a secular therapist and they say, "Ugh, you know, you don't need to pray. God doesn't hear you. There's no such thing as God. Then that would be an example of something that would be reportable. Because I know speaking from, from personal experience, I have been in and I'm not going to mention the names because the names are not, not important to, to, the, to, to the issue at hand, but I have been at some uh, peer support groups where the specific guidelines presented to the group facilitator is no mention of religion, no mention of, of, of politics, uh, you know, th those two in particular. Mm -hmm. And what do you say to those who have a very um, passionate view of whether it's politics or whether it's religion and it's something where it's um, difficult for them to detach it from any counseling or or, or mental health um, context, if, if that makes sense. Right, I would imagine that would be something that would be very difficult for a person of faith to experience because then they're kind of having to not share their full story. Like they can't be in that necessarily in that group and be their authentic self if they're not allowed to say anything about God or their spiritual practices. Okay, and that, um, and actually I, now I remember what it was that I was, I think I rephrased that incorrectly. Um, the, the experience that I had was there was a sense of like awkwardness. Like oh, there was like an elephant okay. in the room where like there, there were the questions about like, and, and you, you've probably seen these where, where the, 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 the counselor facilitating the support group will often ask, what are some things that make you feel better? What are some things that, and, and you know, you know, beyond any reasonable doubt, 100% certainty that someone 
would say, oh, well, well, praying or, or uh, read, reading the Bible or some scripture study, you know, mm-hmm. beyond any reason without, more than one person is going to say that, but they can't because uh. it's against the rules of the, the, the group to, to mention that. And I have um, encountered that many times where wow. it's not really frowned upon, but it's not it's kind of like a kind of like a hands off sort of thing, like a like a don't mm-hmm. ask, don't tell kind of thing. Oh, with, okay. Um, but 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 you're right. I do think it's something where if it's going to be hands off, then have it be hands off and allow the person sharing to share about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, haven't you heard that? I mean, the the, the using I statements. Yeah. What's, yes, what's a more natu- <laughs> what's a more natural fit to, to faith than an I statement? It's not yes. it's not a you statement. It's an I statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This is my experience. That exactly. doesn't have to be everyone else's experience, but this is my experience, and that's how I'm living. And I don't think that we should be threatened by that at all by other mm-hmm. people's experiences. You know, our experience is our experience. True. Now. One thing, and, and for those who, and again, I, I hope there's no one who is offended with this conversation or feels that it doesn't apply to them. Because even, even if you're listening and you're not, um, you, you don't have a, a Christian um, background or persuasion, um, a lot of what we're talking about does still ha- have relevance and advertence to, to what you're talking about. Um, on that point, one thing I, d- I did want to ask you is there is a very distinct difference between someone and again so, I, so let me phrase this correctly um, would you would you say that you, you agree with the statement that there is a distinct difference between someone being a jerk versus someone who's acting in a manner consistent with scripture and um, and, and, and Bible study. What I mean is if someone is, is being a jerk and being very judgmental towards a person, making them wrong, making them feel or like, aggressive. Oh, yeah, if someone is very, you know, soapboxy towards a person and wants to lecture mm-hmm. them, that's the person being a jerk. That's not a right. reflection. Would, would, would that be a true statement in terms of I that? agree with that. I think there's always a way that we can present information to represent our faith in a authentic and genuine and loving and non-shaming and non-judgmental way. I think that that's, that's important. Yeah, because I know that in a lot of Catholic churches, for example, you talk with someone who's, you know, ripping on, you know, the Pope or the bishop or whatever, and, and you talk to them and they say, well, why this? And, and, they, and nine times out of ten, they go, oh, well, it, it's, it's a pastor of our church or it's, you know, a church counselor. And it's, it's, it's someone who is being a jerk. They're not so so their grievance is not with something in scripture or something in you know wherever else. It's with something that someone did being a jerk. Right. And I I've think noticed- we have to we have to separate out our experiences with people versus our that are claiming to know God. And not yeah. everyone who claims to know God really does know God and follow him. And so that that's one category, but then the other category is there's God and Jesus. And so our 
relationship has to be with them. People are imperfect. People are going to let us down. They're going to hurt other people. They're going to say the wrong things, but we really have to look at it as between us and God. And what does that relationship look like? Who, who is God? Sometimes people are a very poor representation of God or Jesus. And sometimes they're a positive representation of him. And that's what we would hope to be light and love in the world. And we have to look at these other people and say, you know what, you're not acting very godly or you're not acting yeah. very Christian. I'm not going to listen to you. You're being a jerk kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this film, the, the, the War Room, um, many people have not heard of it. Um, I, I have, and, and you've heard of it as well, and and it, and I, I want to clarify, it is a mainstream mainstream you know being a subjective movie term right these, these days <laughs> at this point um but it is a you know a relatively mainstream film that did play in major theaters and mm -hmm. was on dvd and i think i saw it on dvd because it didn't i don't recall that it played in my neighborhood when it was in theater so i did see it on dvd but okay. it underscores something i we had talked about prior to going on mic is there's almost like a like like a um, cluster of Christian-based films or mm -hmm. music or literature that is like clustered in like one segment of theaters or, or bookstores or whatever. And it's like the rest of the public doesn't really see it or, or is aware of it, right. which I think is... It makes no sense to me. I mean, whether it's with with films or whether it's with books or whether it's with with music. I know there's any number of different examples in music, um, but even with film, um, it's something where I, I, I'm guessing a majority of people listening may have heard of the film War Room, but may not have seen it. But I think it's I don't think it's unanimous that people have heard have heard of. It. I think it's a majority, but um, do you think that there could be better outreach as far as it goes when, when there's Christian media engaged with like, like the, the term secular? I am not a fan right. of the term secular, which I right. do use obviously judiciously <laughs> so people know exactly what I'm talking about. But do you think that a lot of Christian media could be, you know, more like across, the, you know, put out there more openly? I think so. I think that we've grown a long way from when these types of the, uh, music and movies started coming out. When um, when Christian movies started coming out, I don't know if you saw some early ones or remember, they were very cheesy. They weren't very well done. They didn't get higher quality actors in there. So we've seen some shifts from that. And the producers that made the Kendrick brothers who produced War Room and they also produced Courageous and there was a newer film that it's not coming to mind that they also produced, but their movies have slowly improved and gotten better and better even as they've come out. So I think that they desire to have put out a higher quality product than what was seen in the past. So as the Christian movies improve and they have more budget and have more ability to produce higher quality films, I think they will reach out into other um, arenas and reach out into the secular arenas. I think when I did some Googling that this, maybe this film was the sixth highest grossing Christian movie out there. So we've also had other movies come out, the movie about 
uh, Mercy Me. Oh yeah, with, without, without the yeah, the only, yeah, and, yeah. and that's and that's a, and you raise a good point because grossing, movie grossing, and profits are not the same thing. Many people don't, sure. don't realize that. So with, with what you just said, as far as the the profit factor, not not the gross, but but the mm -hmm. profit. There are many Christian uh, and faith-based films that have a much, much higher profit ah. than a Wonder Woman or uh, a Masters of the Galaxy or Guardians of the Galaxy that have a much, much higher profit than um, than, a, than a Wonder Woman or whatever's playing. Um, I did want to mention the 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 the, the little five-year-old in me or, or the juvenile in me sort of <laughs> was was um, giggling a tiny bit and I don't know if those listening might have as well but when you when you said the word uh, shift in, in pertaining to uh, prayer films part of me was wondering if you were going to say another word to start with us <laughs> because it, 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 like I said it's something see what I told you at the beginning those who are listening if you don't think it doesn't apply perfect example of something where, where it could apply and you wanted to listen to see because part of me was, was like is she going to say that word and I go no she, she can't so, but I'm sorry I, I, I would yeah, I, I hope I, I hope that's okay to say because I was sort of giggling at the moment you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what one one letter away from that other word? So very very close. You, you have to be careful what you say on podcast, Brian. You know, <laughs> you really have to choose your words wisely. <laughs> because that other word would apply to some of those prior films, if we're going to be honest. The, but, the early Christian movies. Yeah, one one movie that I do like a lot. I really really like it a lot. Is the um, the one with Kevin Sorbo. You know, from uh, Hercules. He was in one about the. It was like a, a oh, it's a wonderful life. Fam, uh, weatherman or the movie with Nicolas Cage in that tradition. They have, I've drawn a blank. I think it's like what if or something like that. I did like that one a lot. I don't think I, I saw that one. I must have seen that probably. And, and who knows, for those listening, it may be a future episode of the podcast. Not there you go. Yeah, Coming so. up with other ideas. <laughs> there you go. Um, but the, the film, though, it does, obviously, being a film, it does have to take dramatic license and have some storyline to keep you watching. Um, it's sure. Obviously, um, not quite an extreme example, but a dramatic example. I guess you could say, mm -hmm. uh, of prayer. What would prayer look like for those listening? What would prayer look like for those who are, are in recovery, who are in treatment right now, who um, are in counseling, they're, they're working to get their you know, medication um, figured out or whatever recovery looks like yeah. for them? What, what would prayer look like for those? You know, prayer is just an opportunity for us to connect in the presence of God, whatever that looks like. And I think when people struggle with things like anxiety or OCD, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, it can be so easy for people to just say, okay, God, please take this away from me. I don't want to suffer anymore. It's painful. This is a day-to-day -day struggle that I'm dealing with. Please just take it away, take it away. And what I've found from my own experience, but also with working with other people, probably some different things that we can ask God is just, how are you using this in my life? Like, what are you trying to teach me? 
how can I rely on you more today than I did yesterday? I ask God a lot of questions, I think, in my prayer life. And I'm not necessarily sitting here and getting audible answers, but it lets God know what kind of things are on my heart, what kind of things are processing through my brain. And I think just that opportunity to say, okay, God, I know that, you know, I believe in faith that you're here and I believe that you love me very much and care about me and care about all aspects of my life, including my mental health. And so just asking God to lead and guide you in in the direction as you're going through your treatment process, whether that's medication, whether that's therapy, whether that's other types of things that you're doing. You know, just in really inviting God into the process of your whole life, of your whole being. And if you're mad at God right now because you have mental health issues, you can tell him that too. Like he's not going to be, he's not going to shy away from hearing you just because you're mad. You know, if, if, if someone has a kid and they're not getting their way and they're just, they're mad and they're throwing a tantrum, you know, you may not be able to say anything that's going to calm that kid down, but you can at least be there for them. And I think that's what God does for us. It's like, okay, I'll be here for you. I'll listen to you. Um, even though your life may not be what you want it to be right now. There was something I, I was, I, I thought I forgot, but then I remembered. So I, I so I, I was listening, but I was trying to recollect what I had forgot that I did remember. So, okay. um, I did want to ask you, um, Job, Job in the Bible. Job. Uh-huh. Yes. How much do you think what job in the bible how much do you think it it is relevant and pertinent and applicable and how much do you think it has i don't want to say cliche but it it sometimes it feels like it's like um a knee-jerk go-to when people are talking about it you know what i mean it's it's like because it's like because it's like like the perfect example like you're suffering like job that kind of thing and like you know you just got to get through it and there's something better on the other side that type of thing yeah do you think that the the job has become like an all-purpose sort of like go-to or do you think that there's more layers that are worth talking about I think what's really interesting about the Job situation is that. Oh, and I, can he, I just can I interrupt? Just yeah. For those who don't know what we're talking about, Job is a, is a character in the Bible, correct? Who mm-hmm. is faith? Yeah. And I, I just want to clarify those who might not know. Um, he's someone who who faces some adversity and challenges. Would that be the? Yeah, I mean, he loses his family members, like uh, his children die, and uh, he loses a lot of his animals, which back in Bible times, animals were representative of wealth. If you owned a lot of sheep and cattle, you were considered pretty wealthy. And so Job had a lot of animals and he had children and um, he was very distraught when he lost those things and, and cried out to God and felt like in his situation, he had some friends come around him. And at first they just sat with him in silence, but then when they opened their mouths was when they really got in trouble because they kind of put their foot in their mouth uh, because they told Job, well, you know, there must be something, some kind of sin in your life. You must have brought this calamity on yourself. And really that wasn't the case at all when you, what you learn in the end of the chapter is really that God was using this circumstance, these circumstances, to show Job more about himself and his 
power and greatness. But then he, he ends up restoring his fortune at the end and restoring his um, having more children and relationships. So it, it comes to a positive ending. So I guess people are maybe trying to encourage you if they're saying that, that, yeah. you know, you're suffering like Job, that, that maybe there's a positive ending True. there. But you know what I mean? But if you heard it though, being used like just so nonchalantly, like almost like a go-to, like, cause I, I, cause I've heard, cause I've heard it quite frequently and I really? know that, cause I know that there've been other, I know that there've been books, not just, I don't think they were mental health related, but there have been books that are about, you know, the, the bad girls of the Bible or about, you mm -hmm. know, the rebels of the Bible, books, books like that. And it's like, you've got all these other examples that could be used from scripture. And it's like, <laughs> then there's, there's poor Job where you, you've got, it's like, really, you're going to, you know, pick on me again as the example. And it's like, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So that, 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 that's, that's all I meant is um, it seems like that seems to be one of the most commonly referenced um, parts of the Bible that I, I will frequently hear. Mm -hmm. but, but you're right. It, it is a, um, is frequently mentioned for encouragement though. I think sometimes in the church, people just don't know what to say to mm -hmm. people who have mental health issues. I think sometimes people are well-meaning and they want mm -hmm. to be supportive and encouraging and they just don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes things come out really wrong or the person doesn't feel supportive when they're when they're getting those messages back from someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, well, that, that would that would make sense because if you're right. If someone doesn't know what to say, they they will go to, you know, just you know, some knee jerk, you know, reaction of what, what to say, because you're, you're right. <laughs> it's, yeah. They often don't know what to say. And I think we have to really release ourselves from this need to have all the answers. We really don't need to have all the answers. If we're believers or Christians, mm -hmm. we can say, you know what, I don't know why this is happening to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm really sorry that, you know, you're going through that, but I just want you to know that I love you. And I'm praying for you and I'm like, I just want to support you in any way that I can. And, and what would that look like? You know, how can I, how can I support you as you're going through these mental health struggles? That would be a much more healthier response than, well, you know, here, read the scripture verse or, you know, we'll just pray about it and some more and kind of send you on your way. True. Well, one thing I, I wanted to ask, and I, I think I'd asked you before we went on the air, if you'd be okay with me um, asking this. And and for those listening to the podcast, this is um, the new year has brought a lot of uh, firsts for, 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 for the show. It really has. And honestly, if I want this podcast to be one of the best podcasts and I wanted to because what we're talking about affects everyone, you know, whether whether sure. you're Christian, you know, atheist, whether you're black, white, blue, green, you know, whatever. It's something that, is, that affects everyone. And I thought it'd be cool if you'd be open to it. Um, would you? And for those listening who um, aren't doing too well, I know there might might be some people listening who you might not be getting out of bed today because you just it's not in you to get out of bed today, and and that's fine. That's that's quite all right, and I'm I'm with you. Um, know that you, you're not alone. I know Carrie's with you today. Um, but Carrie, would you be all right just saying a, a prayer for for those? Would you be all, all right with that? And because um, sure. this is like going to be a first for this podcast where we've got a prayer being extended to you. I mean, how cool is that? This is well, like so you're cool. you're listening to you, everyone listening to the podcast. This is. A first for this podcast. 
Right. And so I cool. want people to know too, like some people may hear this when the episode comes out and people may hear this months from now and it doesn't matter yeah. that the that the prayer is still for you and that you can still join with us in talking to God. Definitely. So what would, so what would you say for, for those who, um, what, what, what would you say for, for those people would, who are? Would you like me to pray? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for caring about our physical health, our mental health, and our spiritual health. I know that you see us just as we are and want to meet us right where we're at. And I pray for those who are listening who are struggling with any kind of mental health issue. I ask that you would allow them to be able to sense your presence and your nearness to them and that you love them. I pray that you would provide comfort and strength as they're going through their mental health journey, all of the ups and downs that are entailed in that. And for those who are listening who have a loved one with a mental health condition, I pray that you would comfort them as well. Let them know that you love their loved one even more than they do and that you want the absolute best for them. Please bless Brian and this podcast and just the positive and encouraging messages that he's seeking to send out into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, I didn't know you'd include me in that prayer. <laughs> That's, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, kind of caught me off guard there oh <laughs> uh, thank you um i um i do want to mention um as we, as we wind down i do want to mention um a few more resources um i know that there is mental health america uh the website is um mhanational.org there's also a nami national alliance on mental illness uh there is madden america Com. And there's also your your podcast as well. Um, how would people get in contact with you if they wanted to, to learn more? Yeah, so my podcast is called Hope for Anxiety and OCD. And that's our website too. It's just www.hopeforanxietyandocd.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. So if it's more comfortable for you to message me through one of those platforms, you can. And I would love if any of your listeners are interested in hearing more um, Christian-based content, they're welcome to hop on over there to check out the podcast. I would love that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I know that there are a lot of people listening as well who undoubtedly, um, you know, inspirational is a word that I don't think I've used yet on the show. And so I really appreciate that everything you're talking about is part of the mental health conversation i mean there's no way around it i mean it's part of the conversation so i'm very happy to have you on today well yeah i really appreciate you opening the door for us to talk about spirituality and mental health i think it's super important and it's just been my pleasure to share with you guys today well well, thank you so much for um thank you and um thank you those of you at home or at work or driving home from work or wherever you may be um stay safe everyone and uh talk, talk to you next time uh, bye.